We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Yoki Haru and Dolene, the other defensive pair that started the game. Ryan O'Reilly with a pass to the near circle, buries it. And shoots and scores Toronto to a one nothing lead. Put the puck in the back of the net, but puck movement is Here great. he is again, O'Reilly scores! Back-to-back goals. Marner again with the feed as they cut in front of Uko Pekalukanen. Pass Ryan O'Reilly with an empty net chance here for the hat-trick goal, and it gets across the line. Almost kept out. Ryan O'Reilly comes back to Buffalo. Not only scores his first in a Maple Leaf uniform, he gets the hat trick goal. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Good morning. Good morning. You were at that game. I was at that game. I was not the whole game. I was not at that game. I thought about going out Good for, for you. Game. I was going to go out for the game. I got so excited about it. I was going to go out for the game, meet a friend, but then a you know, sick kid and, and stuff happened. I thought, nah, I'm going to stay home. I was so excited for the game. I got bit myself built up all day watching Sabres and Leafs highlights from over the years and then just poof, right at the start, too. Yeah, very disappointing. Just never got off the ground. It was just at the beginning, two goals, three goals, just never looked like it was going to be an entertaining game. Yep. And I'm usually there for the the takeover. You know, the 50-50, maybe last night it was more like 70-30. Okay. Leafs fans, on television, fans. On television, it looked like 90-10. Maybe it was 90-10. I think there were more Sabre fans probably than that, but not, not many more. It was loud, for sure. Yeah. I'm there for that. Not there for that when you're getting hammered. At home. And they have four goals and you have three shots. Yeah, did they get three goals before the Sabres' first shot? It might have been. Yeah, it was pretty close. It was was a race. It got to a point where I couldn't tell when the Sabres got their first shot on goal, whether it was Sabre fans or Leafs fans that were Bronx cheering their first shot on goal. (laughs) Maybe it was both. It was collective. Well, yeah, disappointment for sure. Uh, Good morning. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe with you here on WGR. Paul comes up at 7 o'clock. I listened. It was one of those listen to post-game show Games sometimes a listen to the post game game where I'll stay up and listen as things go so well I want to hear how exciting it is sure and then sometimes it's things go so bad oh boy I got to hear what people say and last night was that what I was listening for last night was, to, was if anybody got mad you know if Dylan Cousins or Tage Thompson or anybody was going to really get mad there and, were two guys I would have guessed Alex talking Kyle Poso 
were running around trying to kill people last night. Yep. So did either one of them? It didn't sound like there was a whole lot of it. And let me give you some context. One of the reasons I wondered if anybody would get really mad is because Ryan O'Reilly's in town. Uh And Ryan O'Reilly's time here with the Sabres, he scored a hat trick, by the way. His time with the Sabres is identified with losing. Not his fault, but losing. And very famously, falling out of love with the game. Which, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, Joe, last night I found out something that maybe I should have already known, which is people, plenty of people, hold a strong grudge against O'Reilly for the failure of that that team. It's Eichel, it's O'Reilly, it's Kane, Reinhardt, you know, the that core, he's a he's a Housley and a Bilesma guy, O'Reilly is. Yep. Two years under Bilesma, one year under Housley, lost my love for the game, gone. Right? Yep. Three three years. Three years. Three years. Failed expectations. Yep. With a ton of hype. Yep. He was good the whole time. Yep, provably good. He was very good yep. the whole time and lost his love of the game. And last night I saw fans taking him to task for, oh, it looks like you found your love of the game again. He, of course, when he was traded to St. Louis, immediately won the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe Trophy, which remains one of the funnier things to ever happen. Thank goodness for Tage Thompson blossoming into something. Yeah. So the Sabres have something to show for that trade. In fact, something quite nice for that trade. But... You know, at the risk of going back to O'Reilly's time, I saw all the reaction to love of the game stuff, and I thought, I remember that time, and everybody here lost their love of the game, and the proof of that is in how many Leaf fans were in that building that were able to buy tickets from the box office, not from season ticket holders, but there are probably 10,000 tickets available from the box office because the Sabres went through a really horrible time, mm-hmm. and O'Reilly was a part of that where they hemorrhaged their season ticket base and they're recovering from it. They're in the process of trying to recover from their own horrendous ineptitude and the the, the decisions they made caused all this. And O'Reilly was one of the casualties of that. And it, it's kind of funny for me. Like, I, If you want to be mad about Eichel, I get it. He was more... Hateable for sure. He yeah. came. He came back and he talked trash. He's leaned into it he, a lot more a- than absolutely. O'Reilly. Absolutely. He yeah. he demanded a trade. Whatever the whole water under the bridge. The whole story about Eichel. I get it. If you have more of a grudge for him, the O'Reilly grudge. I I never had it ever. Housley was a coach for one year. Sure. Finished in dead last and ground O'Reilly into the ground. Ground him into the ground. Sure. Whatever. He had the most difficult assignments. They played the crap out of him. Yeah. And they lost all the time. And people went to him and said, what's going on with losing? He hated it. Yeah. He hated losing and said he started to question whether or not he loved the game anymore. And I saw that and thought, like, I get it. You're losing all the time. And you are the guy with the expectations. One of them, at least. So is there, right, there's no room. What's the angle? What's the angle to hating O'Reilly other than he was good, we were bad, and he was here? He was part like, of the leadership. People say, I mean, it's what you said about Eichel, too, or Reinhardt. You could have stayed and been a part of the solution instead of deciding that you couldn't hack it. And that's what people would say. Was that ever O'Reilly's decision, though? Like, that that at least has never been out there the same way it was with Eichel. Right? Yeah, that's right. I'm not saying O'Reilly didn't want to go. There was a piece recently in The Athletic where 
is it Rutherford uh, who covers the Blues for the Athletic? Uh, Jeremy Rutherford. He talked to both Tage Thompson and Ryan O'Reilly. And there were, like, Don Granato, Randy Sexton, who used to be Bottrell's assistant GM. Like, he did a long piece on that trade. He got comments from O'Reilly and Thompson about how it went down. And O'Reilly, like, I, this is me making the point that he he definitely was okay with it. He was at a wedding, like a, a beach party, at a, like, the day after a wedding. And his whole family is, like, celebrating with him. They're like, he's going to St. Louis. He's going to a Stanley Cup contender. Sure, he was happy about it. But Eichel, we think, he just didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Right, he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Did O'Reilly ever overtly, like, we never went through this long, oh, he wants out. Like, when is he going to want out? No, we didn't. And the idea that he was part of a rebuild, Housley came in to replace Dan Bilesma. Bilesma's team was a disappointment because it missed the playoffs and finished in what, like eleventh in the East? I'll yeah, check. Like eighty-two points. They'd, they'd, no, they like seventy-six. Because year his final year. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah year yeah. one out of the tank, they had a, an eighty-point season, 81, 82. and the next year they were down a few points. And Housley came in and they finished in last. <laughs> so there wasn't any sort of rebuild planned. It was just a uh-oh. Everything is terrible. They're the worst team in the league, and. You know, say, oh yeah, they went eighty-one to seventy-eight to sixty-two. They lost sixteen points that year under Phil Housley, and then brought Housley back for another year and traded O'Reilly. And then it got even worse for multiple years. Housley fired Kruger in for two years, basically. So O'Reilly was one of the big pieces to move. When you know, when the Sabres built with O'Reilly and Eichel. And I'm sorry if people are like thinking, I don't want to hear about that era. I, I just think it's relevant to last night. He scored three goals. He goes to the Leafs. They're trying to win a cup. Here's a Sabres team that, you know, we'd like to see them take steps forward and someday acquire a player like this who maybe has yeah. some experience and maybe had a falling out with his team. The idea of being mad at O'Reilly for his time here, I mean, he worked hard. The O'Reilly practices, that was a thing where you stayed late, worked hard, did a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, he, I'm not saying he was a perfect player, but the Sabres as an organization did not foster in, an environment that brought the best out in its players. In fact, it actively killed them or like it actively killed their production. Right. It actively hurt their, their growth. This is true of Darlene. It's true of Skinner up and down the road. I mean, the, the, everything they did was <laughs> awful. Good, right. the, good, the good news is they don't do that stuff anymore. So I don't think Dylan Cousins is about to say he loses love for the game. First off, they're not going to finish in last. Right. And second, the coach isn't just grinding players into a fine dust. Right. Didn't O'Reilly just really say out loud what everybody would be feeling in that moment? Yeah. That anyone that goes through a 62-point season like that after two disappointing seasons before that, every player in the world would be thinking the same thing. He just was the one who said it out loud. Yeah, that's the only difference. And me. he got moved. Which is why I never, ever understood why there was any reason for anyone to dislike him. Other than, like, the only thing I could have saw was maybe rooting against him to win the cup right away because it would have looked embarrassing for the <laughs> for the city and the franchise, right? Yes, very. But once that happened, what what what's left? He's not he's not leaning into a villain role. He he's only said nice. He's only said good things whenever asked about Buffalo. In that Rutherford story, he like talked about rooting for Tage Thompson to become what he's become. So that's not happening. 
He, I guess he's on a rival now, but, I mean, come <laughs> on. Can we really can we call the Leafs a rival just because you saw it last night? Look at the gap, right? That was one thing I was thinking last night sitting in that, sitting in that arena was, does this make me feel better about the idea of this Jacob Chikrin trade or worse about it? In that, do I feel like I'm so far away from this team that one move's not getting me there anyway? Or... I'm so far away from this team, I need a move like that to start to shorten the gap a little bit because I don't know that organically this large gap is getting closed on its own. And I think that's where I landed was reinforcing, okay, man, Jacob Chikrin. Help help me just take a step to getting to where they are because if I'm just waiting for 18-year-old prospects to get here and close that gap for me, I might be sitting here forever. Yeah, the patient... The patient angle of it is, again, like to get back to the O'Reilly era, O'Reilly was on that Housley team. It would have been, I'm mixing up my years here now. No, how- 17 18 yeah. is Housley's first Housley's year. Housley's second year is a year where they win 10 games and they look like 97% to make the playoffs. And St. Louis was in last place. And St. Louis was in last. <laughs> it was amazing. And St. Louis yeah. wins the cup and the Sabres, you know, completely fall apart and Housley gets fired. And I think back to that year and think that's we, we were having conversations like we are right now, except in a different way. It was December, yeah, and they were looking really good to make the playoffs. And when it started to fall apart, conversations were like, "Hey, wh- what do you think about writing the ship here? What do you think about trying to get in? You've got an opportunity to make the playoffs this year. Like, go for it, mm. get in." And of course, that would have been a GM that was, "No, no, we have a plan." The plan was completely fall apart, hire, hire Ralph Kruger, fall apart even more, yeah. trade good players, and have to rebuild. So, Isn't it more defendable now to do nothing than then, though? Just because of the simple age group? Yes. I mean, then, that was all that team was going to do, right? Like, they they were, it was Eichel and Reinhardt were young pieces. Everyone else was veterans, right? Skinner was a veteran. Sobotka was on the second line. Yeah. Like... Berglund, I guess, would have been gone pretty quickly. That's Skinner's, that's Skinner's, Skinner's first year. 40-goal season, that's right? His yeah. first year here in his 40-goal season. But, like, the defensemen that were here, like Co- Colin Miller, right? Like, yeah. they, they were veteran players. Like, it was a group of m- very mediocre veteran players around your couple of stars up top. Like, that, that was all that team was going to do. So then it's, okay, let's go for it. Because this is it. Right, like yep. this is this is our window right now. This Sabers team, the like Jack Quinn scores an amazing goal last night. He is not what he, and he's not yet what you would hope he's going to become. Paterka, same thing. Like you've got, you've got improvement on the way. You've got cornerstones locked up, young. Yeah, and like you can, you can, I think, logically defend the idea of you do nothing, you will get better. That team, I don't think you had that with. But that's not for me. That's not me saying at the same time that it's not completely warranted. This team should make a big swing. Right, right. It's just a cautionary tale to no. It's okay. We have a plan. You know, not all plans are created equal. The Sabers' plan right now sure it looks a lot better than the plan they had back then. So anyway, if you want to be mad at O'Reilly, I think that's fine. I would. I'm, I, I, I'm I got, just not. I got to stayed off Twitter last night, so I wasn't even. I was surprised to hear like. Is there any hate still for O'Reilly? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. 
I would have even thought Eichel becoming the villain he did. I, I got asked this. I was on a Toronto radio station yesterday, and they asked me, like, is O'Reilly going to get booed tonight? My first question was, well, it depends how many Leafs fans are in the building. <laughs> right. And second part is, I, my thought was Jack Eichel becoming public enemy number one. I, I would have thought improved O'Reilly's approval rating a little bit here in that he's maybe no longer the scapegoat. I don't think either one should be scapegoated for their their failure. You can hate Eichel for the way, you know, the the post-game comment he made last year or whatever, but that Eichel being public enemy number 1 maybe relieved O'Reilly from being the scapegoat of that of that era. That now it's Eichel who's that. Yeah. He's the one that the fan the fan that wants to blame the good players when things don't work, which there are a ton of fans out there that want to do that. That they're now pointing at Eichel and not O'Reilly. But I guess it could be that they're pointing at both. So, well, given the opportunity with O'Reilly in the building, maybe you know, maybe if it's a full building. Well, here's your answer to your question: Did is, he get Did he get booed when he came back from St. Louis? I was just about to say the answer to your question is I don't even remember. Maybe he would have like the first night back and then never yeah, after. Maybe a couple people, maybe one thousand people, if there were even a thousand. Yeah, there would have. But been it was not people. like no Vegas it earlier not, this year. It was not sell out the building to boo this man, right? Which is what you know Eichel has become. So the Sabers lose. Why'd they lose? They were flat. They were uh, flat, and sure, they need they need a better goalie. They need better goaltending. The first goal O'Reilly scores. You know the Sabers they get beat back on the back check, and their defense has been an issue. Right, we know that they don't exactly lock games down. They're not a defensively strong team yet. They give up five and seven sometimes, but the I mean, first yeah the, fir- the first goal for Lukanen, you might as well give him an empty net. That's that's not. A shot where O'Reilly beats the goaltender. It's the goaltender is, I mean, out to lunge is a little strong. You know, Marner drives wide and Lukanen drops to his knees to make a save. And by the time the pass goes to O'Reilly, Lukanen is he's got no chance. So that's one where you need a goaltender to read the play better. The second one, sure, he gets in all alone. The third, the fourth, you, you probably want saves on the first and the fourth. The first one, yeah. it looks like, oh, wow, what a breakdown. And sure, breakdowns happen. I, I want to say the number one reason that Lukanen was an issue last night, or the w- number one sign that Lukanen was an issue last night, Joe, was that Don Granato started his press conference saying this wasn't on UPL. That's a good sign that we all think it was on UPL, at least a good chunk of it. Yeah. It's, it's not his fault if they don't get any shots in the first period. But, you know, if you're going to be a starting goaltender, there are going to be breakdowns. There are going to be times you need to make a save, you need to keep your team in the game. Make two of those saves so it doesn't get to be 5 nothing. Keep it at 3 nothing, Especially with a team like this. That That's what this team needs to be. It's Sorry for this comparison. It's a little bit like what Steve Spagnolo of the Chiefs says about the Chiefs, which is our job on defense is just to keep the game somewhat close because we got that guy over there mm. who's going to help us get back in it. And for the Sabres scoring, like they ended up scoring three goals last night, you know, la-di-da, they were down 5 nothing. But if you're the goaltender of this team long-term and they're going to keep scoring like this, your job is, among others, to, hey, you're getting crushed in the first period. Keep it under control. This team will come back. Yeah, They're young. They're spry. And they score. And Lukanen let them down, I think, on the first goal more than maybe any other. First goal and fourth goal. I, this, I would even say the second one. The second one, he's just kind of sitting there and he's not taking up the right space. Like, he's against his post when he should be more towards the middle of the net. So, I... I, I'm here for 
some amount of criticism for him for sure. The you know what's funny? Shot attempts, like we mentioned, they didn't get their first shot on goal to what, like the eight minute mark? When the Leafs were up two nothing, the Sabres were still ahead on shot attempts. Just hadn't hit the net. They just hadn't hit the net yet. Like early on in that game, they did they didn't come out flat in the first couple of minutes. Like they they were controlling the play and they were they had possession in the offensive zone and then boom goal and then boom goal. That's when the rails really fell off a little bit. It's like, yeah, you want to blame Lucan in for the first couple and not keeping them in it. I think it's the right point that when they have an offense like this, like just keep it close early on. I said that actually right away too, that Leafs have played three games in four nights. We just saw this from Carolina last week, two weeks ago, where Brian Koziel said it in the pregame I was driving in. Carolina's played three games in four nights. They're, they're an amazing team. They're probably going to come out hot in the first period. If you withstand the first period, maybe their legs go away a little bit. And then you're, that's when you're able to come back if you keep it within one goal yeah. or two goals. And that maybe was the least game a little bit last night was just keep it close. They've played a lot of games recently. You had a little bit of a rust, and you can make up a goal or two. And they scored three goals in the third period. The Leafs looked horrible coming out of the second period, but it was too late because you didn't get saves. Five. And what, what what was the score when Anderson played? Uh, was it three to one? Four, no, the Sabres had not yet scored. No, that's what I I'm, what I mean is what. Oh, right, what, right, right. Yeah, so the Sabres scored three after Anderson came yeah, in, and one. Anderson let in one goal. Yeah. Like, rest of the game, they were fine. And that was a comical penalty kill. The one Anderson that got beat on tough. was, you know, the Sabres flying all he's, over the place. He's, like, flopping around trying yeah. to make Hashik saves because I, he was so... I kind of admired his effort on that, that that save, flipping over, trying for the Hashik. You know, you're down and out that bad. Throw your legs up. Go for something big. He... Is he, like, the, an unsung hero of this season? Because Lukanen is getting a lot of credit for, what, stabilizing the net? He's, and he's been better than Comrie, but he's still, by league standards, all, below average. Or, at best, I could give him average, if you take all the backups included as well. Anderson's numbers, though, like he's at a 915 save percentage when the league average is like 904. And Lukanen is 894. Yeah. So, like, Anderson being back, man, like, Howard said yesterday, right, that I asked, like, is Comrie and Lukanen going to be this team's two starting goaltenders last night? What would their record be right now if all season it was Lukanen and Comrie and Anderson had had decided to retire instead? It's a tough question because we've seen so little of Comrie, we don't know. Comrie was supposed to be their scratch-off ticket that, you know, given the opportunity to start more, he'd be productive and could maybe take a number one job. He was a low-risk, potentially high-reward signing, right? Two years, cheap. Yep. If he takes the net... He was amazing as a backup, yeah. but it was only like 18 games. You're in great shape if he can do that. With Winnipeg last year, his save percentage was 920. He, I think he had the highest save, well, maybe not then. Five well, on five, he had something he was number one in the league at. One of the highest in the league. He played really well. And with the Sabres this year, he's 883. you got two guys under 900. You know, like you, you mentioned the league average has come down a bit, but lots to get to, lots to get to. we got Paul coming up at 7, Marty Baron at 7.30 for some hockey talk. It is the anniversary of the Ottawa Brawl, 16 years ago today. So 16 years ago, we had one of the most memorable games in Sabres history last night. Maybe one of the more forgettable ones. Not a great night. <laughs> so, hockey talk coming up. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast for his normal Wednesday spot. He'll join us as well. Kevin Cole of the Unexpected Points podcast to do 
a little bit of work with us on guards and wide receivers, free agent guard rankings. Yeah. Yes. How about guard rankings and free agency? Okay. <laughs> I just want to know a couple names. Give me some names I can keep an eye on. And, of course, the wide receiver talk as well. So, you know, plenty of uh, meaty stuff for you to get to today. Some hockey, some football, lots of other stuff. Also keep you updated on the weather, which... Uh, Ice storm today? I think it comes tonight, and the snow might be a little bit ahead of schedule. Snow first, and then ice, mixed precipitation. So, yeah, that, that kind of starts today. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.